Hi everyone, welcome back to Final Film. Today I'm bringing you a review of Top Gun Maverick ahead of its release on 4K UHD. So I'm recording this on Sunday the 30th of October. Top Gun Maverick is released tomorrow, Halloween, 31st of October, on Blu-ray, on DVD and on 4K UHD. It's already available to download and keep from a number of different services. Now, I already saw this film. Um, earlier in the year, I went to go and see it at the IMAX in Manchester, um, but this was a fantastic opportunity for me to be sent a copy, thanks to Paramount, to review it and see how it sort of translates at home, because ultimately, it is one of the best films I've ever seen on an IMAX screen. It sounded fantastic, it looked amazing, the film itself I really enjoyed, um, but I'm going to break down the disc a little bit, I'm going to break down the film, I'm going to break down how it looks, how it sounds, and I'm going to go through the features as well. So, to talk about the film, first of all, uh, if you've not seen it, if, you, if you're unaware of what it is, um, essentially, if you've lived under a rock, because it's, I think, the highest grossing film so far this year, especially in America, it might have been pipped by something else, uh, Avatar, to be honest, we'll probably pip it before the end of the year, um, but it's a 2022 American drama film directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who directed uh, Tron Legacy and directed Oblivion, which is also starring Tom Cruise. Uh, it's a sequel, obviously, to Top Gun, the original 1986 film, and it's the second installment in this series. So it's been quite a while since the first one. Now, I didn't have much of an affinity for the first one. I'd never really seen it before going into Maverick. I watched it sort of the week before, and I thought it was fine. You know, I thought there was a lot of... That sort of typical 80s action beef and a lot of guys with the biceps showing and things like that. And, you know, they're all like giving each other high fives and all that stuff. And I think for the time, the sequences in fighter jets and the sequences in the planes probably would have been outstanding and groundbreaking and stuff like that. Looked a bit hammy uh, watching it because obviously they didn't have the technology that, as we will find with Maverick, they definitely put to great use in that film. Obviously, it stars uh, Tom Cruise. It was written by uh, Aaron Kruger and Eric Warren Singer, as well as Chris McQuarrie. And Chris McQuarrie is one of the people behind, obviously, as well as Tom Cruise, the more recent Mission Impossible films, especially Mission Impossible Fallout, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. My favorite of the of the Mission Impossible franchise. And what they do is, that, you know, there's a lot of allusions back to the original film in Maverick. There's a lot of allusions back to um, Goose and to Maverick's relationship. They bring that forward with the character of Rooster, played by Miles Teller, who is Goose's son, and the relationship that sort of Tom Cruise's character of Maverick and Goose, uh, and Rooster, sorry, having this have in this film. There's references to Iceman. There's a, there's a nice cameo. I won't spoil too much if you've not seen it. Um, and I will say this, like, going into it, I, I think when... When they announced Top Gun Maverick, having not seen the first one, I was a bit, oh, okay, you know, that clearly people who like that are going to go and watch that. And I wasn't really thinking I was going to go and see this film. And then all of a sudden there was a bit of a groundswell. There was a bit of a sort of, that's amazing. That's one of the best films ever made. That's one of the best action films ever made. And I thought, is it? Is can it? Can it actually be that good? And... As with a couple of films I've seen this year, I thought it was going to be one of those things that I went into based on the, the sort of word of mouth, based on this sort of grandiose, you know, 
reviews that it was getting. And I thought I'd sort of go, well, it was all right. Nothing surprised me more than how much I loved this film. Um, how much I love this film. It's easily going to be in my top 10 of the year at the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to bringing a bit of a review, a bit of a, a video of my top 10 of the year, because it definitely will be up there, high up there as well. Um, and you can see just on the cover, so right at the bottom, Toby Anstis from Heart, the ultimate feel-good movie of the decade. And then on the back, there's a couple more from Ian Freer from Empire, Thrilling Aerial Action, and the high acting spectacle, the likes of which has never been seen before, Top Gun Maverick is the perfect adrenaline rush. Now, they're two separate ones. One of those is Matt Nangella from Next Best Picture, and one is Emma Stefanski from Thrillist. So, again, it's full of plot. It's full of, you know, and actually... People are wondering awards. People are wondering whether or not this means that Top Gun Maverick, because of how well it was received, it's done absolutely gangbusters at the box office. It's very close to 1.5 billion at the box office, which is numbers I think I, I think even the producers probably didn't assume that it was going to get. And people are wondering whether or not that means best picture. Um, I'd love to see a nom. I don't think he's going to win it because I don't think it's the type of film that does end up winning best picture. And you know, just to mention a film that I was sort of alluding to before, I went to go and see The Banshees of Any Sharing this week. Definitely not for me. Not a, not a film for me. I was expecting a lot more from it, I suppose. And I think that's ultimately what word of mouth can sort of do a disservice to a film like that for. Um, so going back to Tottenham Maverick, one of the things that I wanted to kind of pull from the Wikipedia that I thought were really interesting. So uh, principal photography, which included the use of IMAX certified 6K full frame cameras, took place between 2018 and 2019. That's how long ago this film was shot, which seems bizarre, okay? Uh, the initial release date was scheduled for 2019, but it was delayed several times due to the complex action sequences. Now, I'm going to get into this a little bit later on when I look at the special features, but the way that they shot certain action sequences in the fighter jets and the F-18s and all the other kind of, um, if I'm honest, planes that would have names that I have no idea, um, clearly uh, sort of were responsible for that. And they might have had to go back and do a couple of reshoots and things like that. But then obviously, come the end of 2019, you're then talking delays by the pandemic at that point. So during the pandemic, several streaming companies tried to buy the film and the streaming rights from Paramount, but all of the offers were declined on the orders of Tom Cruise, who insisted that it had to be released in cinemas. And I am very glad that he did that, because I can't imagine, and I know that I've just watched it on my TV and all that kind of stuff, but I can't imagine sitting there and watching Top Gun Maverick for the first time on Netflix, because it's it's not a film for that. It is a blockbuster stick it on your biggest TV you possibly can do, stick it on the biggest screen that you possibly can do type film and see it the way it was meant to be. I've just become very aware that I've got Tom Cruise over my shoulder in that collateral poster. Um, so like I say, I think it's very, I think it's a lot better than the original. And Ollie messaged me, um, tweeted me when I posted that I'd received this copy uh, and said, does this mean that we're doing top 10 sequels now? We are probably going to do top 10 sequels more towards Christmas. Obviously, this is going to be in my list. And I think it's a very solid ensemble cast. The young cast shine. And 
The one thing that I did want to mention, and I don't think I'm going to be breaking any ground here by mentioning this. I'm assuming that someone somewhere will have picked up on this, if not everybody, everywhere will have picked up on this, that it's very Star Wars New Hope in its sort of, I was going to say MacGuffin, but it's not really a MacGuffin, in the way that it goes, in the way that the plot goes, in that it's we've got to go through this specific way. We've got to drop a bomb in a very specific place, and it's got to do this thing. But that final hour, my God, is one of, if not the best final hours of an action film that I have ever seen. The suspense that it brings together, you know that they're going to go off and do this mission. The emotional jeopardy that gets sprinkled in there a little bit, and you think it's maybe going to sort of come to an end, and then all of a sudden it turns slight spy thriller-ish, which I didn't expect, and I, th- I thought was really intriguing. Um and it just surprised me. It is it is top to bottom. I would say almost a flawless film. But now having said that, I'm now trying to think of what my flaw would be that I would pick out. Because even you sort of, in a film like this, where they feel the need to throw in a romantic subplot, I actually didn't mind the romantic subplot. I thought it made sense. It wasn't too ludicrous in that it was like, oh, I'm going to try and win your affection. It was just a case of these two older people and represented as slightly older people. But, I mean, we're talking Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly. They look amazing, don't they? But it's sort of being like, you know, we've lived our lives. Let's just have a bit of fun. Let's just go the way that, you know, life takes us and see what happens there. We're not going to commit to anything crazy. We're not going to, like, run off within the sunset with each other. We've done that. We've had our time. Now we're just seeing where this goes. Um, to mention the disc then now I was hoping that it was actually going to mention this on the disc to help me a little bit but it doesn't really now on the back it says multiple 16 by 9 letterbox now that does a massive disservice to what actually happens on this disc so you may be able to see if I spin that round that it says Dolby Vision Atmos Ultra uh, HD Premium 4K Ultra HD, all that kind of stuff. So the Dolby Atmos and the Dolby Vision obviously make everything pop and make everything stand out. The sound coming out of my TV, oh my god! Now I mentioned this on a previous po- on a previous podcast when I was doing a 4K uh, thingy. That for those of you that are interested in setups and stuff like that, I have a LG OLED 4K UHD TV. I don't have any extra sound bars or anything like that. But the sound that came out of it, especially for the opening sequence when it plays out Kenny Loggins and the the classic Top Gun theme and all the action sequences is intense. It's so loud on a sort of normal standard setting. But then the sort of one criticism that I would have is that when you then go to a dialogue scene, it drops right down again. It sort of drops its level completely because of the dialogue. And... That's all well and good. That obviously they're going to emphasize the sound mix on these sort of bigger action set PC scenes, but it it, it becomes quite jarring then because your ears almost tune to that loud noise. And then when the level drops, you're having to then tune your ears again to a quieter noise, a quieter sound for quieter dialogue, and then it shoots back up again. So Maybe that's something to look at. Maybe that's something that a soundbar could fix. If 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 you're watching this with a soundbar, maybe that's something that it can balance out. I know that some of the Sonos ones try and balance out that that sort of discrepancy and difference there. The one thing I did want to mention that surprised me 
And I keep racking my brain to try and think of this. And it probably would have been easier if I'd just gone back and looked at my other stuff. But this is just a solo 4K UHD disc. Now, generally, what tends to happen with films released on 4K is that they give you a Blu-ray copy as well. And especially with the early ones that I bought, it was that the film was on the 4K disc and the features and the film were on the Blu-ray disc. So really, the only thing that was on the 4K disc was the film. But this has the film and the features. So there's no extra disc here. This is just solely a 4K UHD, UHD disc. So I'm assuming things might be moving more towards that way. I mean, I don't mind it. I can play it regardless. You know, the, the other ones that I've got that include a Blu-ray disc are just sort of going spur in the, in the same case. But it is what it is. Um, in terms of the picture quality, like I already mentioned, it's absolutely fantastic. And it does one of the things that I absolutely love. And I feel like this is just a bit of a film nerd, for lack of a better words, um, getting his kicks a little bit is that it sticks to the aspect ratio. And what I mean by that is when you go and watch at the IMAX and any film that currently uses IMAX cameras or recently has used IMAX cameras, what the difference will be is that if you're seeing it in an IMAX screen, um, you'll see the full image. So it'll, it'll fill the entire screen, okay? And then in the scenes where they didn't use IMAX cameras, it then drops back down to your usual sort of standard letterbox widescreen type thing, uh, the 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Now, what this does, and similar to what the Nolan films do, so with your Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar didn't do it, I don't think. Dunkirk definitely does it. Uh, no, sorry, Interstellar does, Inception doesn't. Um, on these 4K and, the, and on the Blu-ray discs is that they switch between the aspect ratios. Uh, same with Mission Impossible Fallout. So in the scenes that where it's intended, and they, they, you know, they, they stuck these... 6k cameras on actual fighter planes it goes full screen and then it drops back down again for the scenes that aren't in that specific aspect ratio or shot in that certain way so with that and with the picture clarity being absolutely unlike anything i've ever seen before um if you're a collector of 4k uhd discs and i know that there are people out there who have switched to this technology and you know maybe film fans or whether or not you just love it because it showcases the best of your entertainment system, this is one for you to get. This is one where I remember when I first got my 4K uh, Blu-ray player and it was around the time that Dunkirk was released on 4K Blu-ray and like my mum came around and I was just like, watch this. like Let me show you this. like Just the beginning of this because it looks amazing. This is one that you'd do it for because actually the entire opening sequence is in that full aspect ratio as well when he's doing the Dark Star Mac 10 thing. Looks amazing. So to mention the features, um, and as per with all the ones that I've done of these Blu-ray reviews, you know, I did like Unbearable Weight and Massive Talent. I've done the Batman one. Uh, there, was, there was a couple more. I think we did Sonic the Hedgehog, but I can't remember if I put Ruby through the features, to be honest. Um, I went through and I watched all the features. Now, there's a couple that are interesting. There's a couple that are a little bit more sort of that just latched on, basically, but, you know, as it is. Uh, so there's one called Cleared for Takeoff, which is all about the development of the film. Tom Cruise not wanting to make a sequel unless the story was there, and as long as it paid homage to the life of a, pilot, a fighter pilot. Um, and also this idea of, like, a Mission Impossible stance where they were choosing to film things practically and the stunts of the, fil of the filming um, 
with the cast, apologies, um, in real life fighter jets. So what they did is they trained all of the cast to be able to be in these jets. Um, I don't think they were actually flying them. I might have got that wrong. But basically what they sort of did, and this is referenced in a later one as well, in terms of the filming of it. So there's another feature called Breaking New Ground Filming Top Gun Maverick. This is, and again, just to mention him again, Nolan levels of getting cameras in the right places in that Nolan was sort of becoming well-known for this idea of he wanted to put a camera in a certain place and in order for him to do that, they had to sort of manufacture something around an IMAX camera. Like he put an IMAX camera in the front of a jet to help him film Interstellar when it came to Tenet. Um, again, another film that uses the aspect ratio. They basically stuck it on different sides of an airplane and all that kind of stuff. With this one, Tom Cruise basically goes through and mentions that what they'd managed to do is build the camera a certain way where that, for example, as I'm looking at my webcam now, the the lens and the camera is shooting me, but then what the footage is being recorded on was in a different place in the plane so that it didn't take up too much space. And then what that meant that they could do is move things around in the plane in order for that to work. And it was really interesting to see how they managed to do that. And even hearing from techie people like the first AD um, and the first sort of uh, assistant cinematography and stuff like that, how they were able to do that and how they were able to manufacture those cameras, really fascinating watch. There's one called A Love Letter to Aviation, which is basically Tom Cruise likes flying and he wanted to make sure that this was a love letter to him flying, essentially. Um, Forging the Dark Star, which really is the element of science fiction that is in this film, this idea that they have a plane that can go to Mach 10 and they go through how realistically that doesn't exist at the minute, but what it would look like if they did manufacture it, what the Dark Star actually looks like how close they've come in real life to this idea of Mach 10. Um, there's a very long one, about 50 minutes long, and it's called Masterclass with Tom Cruise. Now, it's from Cannes Film Festival, and when it starts, it's not really listed as a Masterclass with Tom Cruise. It says in the background, a tribute to Tom Cruise or a homage to Tom Cruise. It's effectively an inside the actor's studio where he goes back about his career and he answers all the questions and he does all that kind of stuff. So Masterclass is a bit of a weird one, I suppose to call it. And then the final two, which, you know, I gave a watch just because they were there, really. Um, the two music videos, so Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga and I Ain't Worried by One Republic. Uh, the I Ain't Worried one is essentially Ryan Tedder and the rest of the band on a beach um, with intercut with footage from the film because obviously I think it's the song from the volleyball scene on the beach, on the football scene on the beach. The one where they all take the tops off and throw balls at each other, that scene. Um, and then the Gaga one is obviously the more prominent song from the soundtrack. Uh, the video itself was actually directed by uh, Kaczynski, who obviously directed the film as well. It was shot in black and white, plus imagery from the Top Gun film and in the original Top Gun film as well. And it sort of builds up and builds up and builds up. And then she, at some point, wears a bomber jacket, which is apparently the same bomber jacket from the first film. Yeah, I don't know. I'd imagine that that's going to be a, an Oscar nod in there for, for Gaga again um, after a win from A Star Is Born. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a highly, highly recommended pickup, definitely, in that 
what I would imagine you're going to see in most shops, and I would imagine in HMV and stuff, is obviously this. There'll be the Blu-ray version, there'll be the DVD version. Now, the 100% snob in me cannot imagine how somebody's going to watch this film on a standard deaf DVD. This, this is not the film for a standard deaf DVD. This is the film for a 4K UHD in the biggest screen you can possibly watch it on that your home will allow you to have. Um, mine at the minute is a 55-inch. I'll have to do with that, but I'll tell you why it bloody amazing just watching it on that anyway. And I would imagine as well that there's probably some sort of double pack with the original. I know what's coming out before Christmas is this sort of massive 4K UHD steelbook bringing together of this and the original in this massive box thing. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're a fan of Top Gun Maverick, if you're a fan of just having your TV and look the best it possibly can do, pick this up from tomorrow, from Monday the 31st. Um, I'd imagine it's going to be absolutely everywhere. It's going to be one of those ones in supermarkets. And when you walk in, you're just going to see Tom Cruise's face right at the front of it. Uh, go and order it online if, you, if that's your sort of choice. And one thing to mention, actually... Um, is that it is going to be available for streaming on Paramount Plus around about Christmas time. So I'd imagine that this is going to be one of the films that Sky have managed to get in for the sort of Christmas slate as well because of the links that they have with Paramount Plus. But I can't imagine that it's going to look as good on Sky as it does do on this disc because this is pretty stunning, if I'm honest. Um, and I'm genuinely considering going watching it again right now. Uh, but anyway, so... Thank you very much once again to Paramount for sending me this copy of uh, Top Gun Maverick. I was very much looking forward to it. Pretty chuffed when I got it through in the post on Friday. Gave it another watch yesterday with all the features. Reviewing it today. And as I say, Top Gun Maverick is available right now to download and keep. And it is available on 4K UHD, Blu-ray and DVD from tomorrow, Monday the 31st of October on Halloween. The least scariest film you could probably buy first time on Halloween. But if you're getting it at all, I highly, highly recommend that you have the capability of doing so, whether that's through a 4K UHD Blu-ray player, whether that's through a games console like a PS4, PS5, or an Xbox Series 1, or an Xbox Series uh, Xbox One S, I recommend that you pick this up on the 4K UHD format because you ain't going to see anything else like that this year. I can guarantee you that right now. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. I'm uh, not sure what's going to come next. Uh, about to go back into school after half term. It might be round about the time for me to start recording some more required learning episodes for the switch to Jojo Rabbit, Dracula and the Lost Boys. But we'll get to those when we get to those. Ruby's going to be back with the review before the end of November for Matilda when we take her to go and watch that. I'm not sure if I'm going to go and review anything else. Um, but, oh, actually, there might be a full case of Reservoir Dogs on the way actually uh having said that but we will see we will see and there will be some more topical not really topical actually but more top 10 lists and a tier list from ollie and myself coming your way probably around about christmas time um so yeah stay safe look after each other and uh go to our sponsor off tees i got myself confused then with the wrestling podcast uh, go to our sponsor off tees and use the code farand that's f-a-r-r-a-n-d uh, for 15 percent off your order so again stay safe look after each other and i will see you next time